You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to a very special edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, English edition. I'm Miranda Morales. I'm being joined by Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy. And we are here, well, like I said, we are going to be doing something special today. We are going to be doing our end of year awards. And not the full awards today, but today you're going to learn about our categories and nominations. And then in next week's episode, we're going to let you know the winners of each of these categories. So we're going to break it down for you today. We're going to be exploring each of the nominees and why they were nominated. Uh, and, you know, do something that as uh, a new show we have not done before, but one that we are very excited uh, to, to bring to you, the listeners and viewers, because as this is a special edition, we are also recording this via video. So that way you can watch this on the Lucha Central YouTube page. But before we get to it, Dusty, Brendan, how's it going today? Oh, it's going fantastic for me. How's it going for you, Brendan? I'm doing good. Uh, it's it warmed up a little bit in Seattle, so oh, like I, oh, I'm wearing a shirt that. today. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's that's nice. I mean, yes, I'm in sunny Arizona, but of course, when it goes under 60 degrees, I'm frozen. So that's that's just a personal challenge that I've had all of my life. So, uh, but we're doing doing well. So I'm I'm excited. Yeah, good. With you gentlemen, uh, today I know we are excited to do our end of year awards, going through our nominations. We'll be jumping into those in just a little bit, but before we do that, it wouldn't be the Lucha Central Weekly podcast without a little bit of news. So, Dusty, uh, tell us a little bit of what's going on with AAA. And last week we talked about some of the legal drama that AAA um, has been going through, and it seems like it's continuing to uh, transform inspire and affect other areas of the promotion it absolutely is friday night the 18th there was kind of word that you know people started noticing facebook you know triple a's page was down you couldn't watch triple mania on facebook anymore and so it went around by saturday morning i even started messaging some people i knew through the larger international lucha libre fan community and it wasn't available in England, wasn't available in Ireland, wasn't available in Colombia. And so there, but it is available in Mexico. So it's definitely tied to the lawsuit. And, you know, like we'll run it down really quick. The, there's a lawsuit going on and basically AAA Mexico and AAA in America are owned by different entities or co-owned by different entities because of Lucha Underground. And so AAA USA is Lucha Libre FMV 
And they are arguing that they are owed all the money generated by YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, etc. Because those are American companies. And these American companies are sending revenue to AAA Mexico. AAA Mexico vehemently degrees, you know, disagrees that people in Mexico are watching on these services. And, you know, it's not all American viewers. And so I think that's why the Facebook page is at least still visible in Mexico for now. And, you know, it, and also by blocking that, it also won't generate any money that Lucha Libre FMV could claim is theirs. But maybe, you know, the Lucha Libre FMV shot themselves in the foot by trying to get them taken down. Who knows? There's so much mystery in the inner workings of Lucha Libre that it could be almost anything. And we have no idea what it, you know, where any of this could be coming from, what the source is. Right now, there's no tr- official word from AAA. Um, I know that Lucha Blog has reached out and didn't get a response. Um, several other people, I don't believe Lucha, Lucha Central got a response. So it's anybody's guess right now, but it's absolutely seemingly tied to the lawsuit. And it could not come at a worse time for AAA. They had such a hot triple mania last week. They had the Marvel and Funko Association. You know there's a lot of money coming in with and behind that. Uh, anytime all the masks are made by Buccio like that, you know there's money involved and he made all four. So like that's one of the subtle signs that there was a lot of money invested in the uh, the Marvel thing. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of all of this and who pays who. I think that the USA faction that controlled Lucha Underground are largely looking for a payout compared to a lot of lawsuits. And I think they think there's a lot of Disney and Marvel money coming in and they want their peace. And this is, I guess, why we saw the breakdown of the relationship with Twitch and why Triple Mania was moved all, you know, to... YouTube and, and Facebook. In retrospect, that makes so much sense why mm-hmm. they, that would break down. And what's very interesting is if it was involved in the lawsuit and it was the U.S. side trying to get it taken down, the 19th of December, the day after all of the stuff started to happen, was the original planned date for Triple Mania, but it was moved up to the 12th because of TV. And so they just got really lucky. So it could be on AAA's end. It could be on the lawsuit end. There's all these machinations behind the scenes that make it even more confusing than Lucha Libre backstage politics usually are. (laughs) And, I mean, they're a mystery to everybody, I think. But this is especially a mystery right now for most people. And we'll see what develops, and we'll have the news on it as it comes along. Excellent. Yeah, lots of um, news. Speaking of, I do have, this is one of the t-shirts that was part of the collaboration. Yes, that's so cool. And, uh, Marvel Lucha Libre. So yes. Love that. This was not, even, even in U.S. currency was not cheap. So yeah, <laughs> I, I have a personal vested interest because I feel like my money has been at stake here that I've already invested. Um, but you know, you're, you're right. And in some ways, luckily they were still able to, stream triple mania um on on youtube and and facebook last week um but yeah as far as the momentum the visibility all of that just having people being able to watch it again um those who weren't able to watch it having those restreams available 
you know, now they're, they're missing out on engaging with such a large yeah. market. And yeah, it's a, it's a very pivotal time right now. Um, so well, if, yeah. Yeah. And my typical, my typical viewership of a pay-per-view like that is so much. I'll watch it live like we did on, mm-hmm. the, and then I'll watch it two or three more times just to get details out of it Absolutely. and find out, you know, yeah. so, so, uh, they're, they're hurting viewers like me who are the diehard fans that want to see an event like this three or four more times and, yeah. uh, just, just to kind of add to that profile that we were, we were building there. Great. In other news, uh, Ring of Honor presented Final Battle uh, on the 18th as well, Friday, December 18th. And this was a show uh, that aired live uh, on pay-per-view, but also had some challenges already uh, going into the pay-per-view. Several wrestlers had uh, either tested positive for COVID or had some COVID-related um uh, challenges that prevented them from being on the show, um, including EC3 and Bandito. I forgot who were the other two. Um, EC3, Bandito, Flamita, and Flamita, yeah. Kenny King. Yeah. Kenny King, yes. There yes. we go. Yes. So uh, that in and of itself was a, a challenge of the show, but based off of the way that the show went and some of the buzz online, um, fans are, are very happy with it, that it definitely felt like a ring of honor of, of old. And for Lucha Libre fans, a fantastic night of Lucha Libre um, mm-hmm. with uh, all, well, going into to the, the championships of uh, Ray Oris. Uh, represented uh, part of the, the trio's uh, champion beca- championship because Bandito and Flamita were not able to be there. So Ray Oris had uh, his own match against Ring of Honor favorite Dalton Castle, um, whom we haven't seen. He was part of the Pure Tournament, um, but really just Dalton Castle. This this uh, appearance of Dalton uh, with the, uh, the boys, so the boys, the comeback of the boys. Um, for some fans was really great. Um, but Ray Oris won that match. Uh, next we had Dragon Lee defeating Tony Deppin, uh, to retain the Ring of Honor Television Championship. Now, mm-hmm. Tony Deppin, uh, won this opportunity earlier in the night by winning a four-way match between Josh Woods, LSDG, and Dak Draper. So uh, kind of viewed as a bit of an underdog going into this match. Absolutely. Um, I was shocked. He's the newest yeah. to ROH mm-hmm. of those names. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. That's, that's exactly, again, kind of <laughs> confirming the things that I've seen on, on, online as well. Uh, and, and I think a lot of people's thoughts, which, uh, again, that's kind of the, the beauty of these types of uh, shows, especially ones that uh, have kind of matches in the early part of the show that then lead into the later part. Um, but uh, Dragon Lee uh, retained uh, his championship, which is also, you know, left a lot of people kind of buzzing because he was one of the names speculated as far as his contract coming up soon with Ring of Honor. Um, and so now it does seem like at least for now, he's going to be staying with Ring of Honor um, and he's still going to yeah. be uh, their, their television champion. So that does lead us, though, into the main event because Dragon Lee had some involvement um, in the world title match 
between Roosh and Brody King. Your Ring of Honor World Champion Roosh successfully defended the championship, but not without some controversy. Uh, Dragon Lee provided a distraction that allowed, I guess, the newest member of uh, La Facción Ingobernable, Someone, I mean, in Lucha, we talked about it. It is all about family. And certainly the newest newest member of La La Facción Ingobernable is family. La Vicia del Ring, um, who is the father of uh, Rouge. And Dragon Lee. And Dragon Lee, yes, yes. Um, Hit um, Brody King over the head with a chair and uh, allowed enough of a distraction for Roosh to uh, keep his championship. And afterwards, there was an interview uh, through Ring of Honor social media website or through social media pages um, in which Roosh uh, cut a, a promo in Spanish, pretty much saying that nothing in Ring of Honor will happen unless he allows it. And cool. La, La Facción Ingobernable so cool. is, is stronger than ever. The the presence mm-hmm. now of the father, La Bestia, the ring. Um, and, and, yeah. and we may even see him in a ring. Who knows? But it seems like they are now uh, stronger than than ever. Uh, and now with this whole family dynamic, it, it sounds like, again, same thing. Uh, Rusha's contract was, was speculated to be up very soon. And we were wondering, right. you know, he could easily go to any promotion. Is he going to stay with Ring of Honor? Signs are pointing to yes for now. <laughs> you don't sign your dad to the new promotion. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, maybe that was part of the negotiation, especially, you know, yeah. with, yeah, with could have Dragon been. Lee and Roosh being brothers, both of their contracts being up soon. Yep. You know, leveraging that as part of, you know, uh, one Absolutely. of the reasons Absolutely. for them today. So um, overall, the Lucha Libre presence in Ring of Honor is still fairly strong. Act. Uh, yes. I do want to I do want to stress on this. Um, this is Bicia del Ring is new to the Ingobernables, uh, the faction Ingobernables and ROH, but he was uh, the standard bearer uh, with Roosh when they when they were still in CMML. CMLL. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was touring the Indies for a little while with Roosh, Absolutely. and they were they were carrying that. So um, even AAA, uh, yeah. Carrera to Titans last year, you know, Roosh yes. announced that he was forming a new La Facion. Uh, Ingo Bernable with Bestia del Ring and L.A. Park and Killer Cross and uh, did I, somebody else. I can't remember. But, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. know, I mean, like, yeah, very cool. So uh, those of you that are new to him, there's plenty of footage of him up on YouTube, even without AAA's YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you can go investigate that. He's uh, a very interesting character. Absolutely. Oh. There you go, your final battle results. Uh, again, if you are a fan of wrestling and Lucha Libre, you're any style of wrestling, really. Ring of Honor is a place where it seems like you can find that, whether you have oh, yeah. uh, pure uh, championship matches or pure... Uh, that pure tag team match. match. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was so happy Match so is fine. I mean, so uh, again, it's it's something that it seems like many fans were uh, pretty happy with the results of from final battle. Um, and we will see. It looks like Ring of Honor is continuing to do regular uh, TV television tapings. So they will continue with that. And then we will hopefully will see another pay per view like this in 2021. 
soon into 2021, hopefully. Yes. Yeah. Yes, hopefully soon. Yeah. And again, now we have so much variety now with Ring of Honor and MLW back, of course, WWE, AEW, Impact, um, and these are all within the states. But then, of course, you know, AAA, even with the legal challenges, it seems like we're still going to be getting some products in 2021. Same with CMLL. Same with all the various independent promotions uh, throughout Mexico and throughout the world as well. So even though 2020 has been a rough one, it's ending on a pretty good note. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah we're, we're, uh, yeah, we're on a nice upward trajectory for next year. I'm, I'm yeah. optimistically excited. Yes. Well, with that, before we get into the end of year awards and going into the nominees, first, we just got to let you know that LuchaCentral.com is your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast English Edition is a proud member of the Lucha Central Podcast Network, which you can find on LuchaCentral.com, as well as other fantastic podcasts there. You can check them out also through your favorite podcast streaming platform like Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Speaker, Podbay, and iHeartRadio. And, of course, you can also check some of these out on Lucha Central's YouTube page. Uh, this will be on Lucha Central's YouTube page, including other interviews and podcasts and Lucha Libre matches. So, again, LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Don't forget to check it out. Now we're getting into the meat and potatoes or uh, la carne y la arroz or uh, I call them gandules. That, that's a Puerto Rican thing. Some people call them frijoles. That's not a terminology that our gandules are, you know, uh, is a special type of, of bean. Anyways, I'm sorry. I get carried away with Lucha Libre. No, I love it. I love it. Please give us more facts. <laughs> so cool. Uh, but anyways, we're getting into the heart of this week's episode, which is the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Uh, 2020 end of year award. So myself, Brendan and Dusty, we've come together. We've pulled our minds, our thoughts, our viewership for this year. And we've come up with six categories um, that we are going to be introducing uh, and also nominees of those categories. Uh, each one of us will be discussing these categories and the nominees. And we're going to be letting you know why we nominated these wrestlers, these luchadores and luchadores, these, uh, and we'll talk more because it's not just that, it's a lot more. Uh, why we, we nominated the nominees, uh, having maybe some healthy discussion too about who we think should win, who may win, uh, we don't know yet. So that's why we're having this with all of you. Uh, and we'd love to hear your thoughts as we're going through these. Please feel free to leave us uh, comments uh, through uh, in, in reviews through all of the podcast streaming platforms we talked about through our social medias. We're really excited to know your thoughts on our nominations uh, for the 2020 end of year awards. So before we get into that, let me tell you what our categories are. Yeah. Uh, we have six categories and they are rising star of the year. And this is someone who we believe is not necessarily someone who's new to wrestling or Lucha Libre, but someone who's trajectory, someone who's uh, had just an amazing year. And we anticipate better things for them in 2021 and beyond. We also have trios of the year, which is 
your favorite Lucha Libre trio, along with Tag Team of the Year. Pretty self-explanatory. Then we have Luchadora of the Year, so your favorite female Luchadora, your Luchador of the Year, and Match of the Year. So those are our six categories for the 2020 End of Year Awards. Rising Star, Trios, Tag Team, Luchadora, Luchador, and Match of the Year. So as I mentioned, we are going to be going through each category, letting you know the nominees, and then giving a brief explanation as to why we nominated these individuals and in the case of Match of the Year, that match. Um, so that way you get a sense of where we're at. And also, again, if you agree, let us know. If you disagree, let us know. We'd be very interested to know uh, our listeners' and viewers' thoughts. So let's jump to it. The first category, Rising Star of the Year. As I mentioned, this is less about maybe who is new to Lucha Libre and just someone who had an amazing, amazing year. So in this category, we have six nominations, uh, starting first with AEW Sammy Guevara. Yeah, absolutely. Number, I mean, go ahead. Oh, well, okay. Read all of them off. Yes, yeah, 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 let's read, read them all through. Uh, <laughs> number two, uh, triple A superstar and friend of the show, Mr. Iguana. Uh, another triple A superestrella, Hijo del Vikingo. New to, uh, WWE, Dominic Mysterio. Former NWA Women's Champion, Thunder Rosa. And NXT's Raquel Gonzalez. Now, I do have to note, we do have an, well, actually, no, I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about these first. And then we'll go into this other little tiny bit. Uh, <laughs> there, there was some of, serious discussion on this category. There, there, was, yeah. <laughs> there was a serious discussion in my head about how to do this. So that, that too is a little complicated. But yeah, so those are our six nominees for Rising Star of the Year. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday night's live is WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. 
Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show, La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast. One in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite Luchador. Get yours now at Lucha-Masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Now, Brennan, you you started off uh, by talking a little bit about Sammy Guevara, so let's let's start off with that. It's yeah. just really hard to argue with the trajectory that he is on. He oh went gosh, on to yeah. this year. Like he, he went as kind of, you know, the, the B list guy for, for a faction in AEW, but stood out in every match that he did with them to the point where he was being memed for the golf cart scenarios. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and then, and then he had, um, he had a match. Which was the potential for it was cut off a little bit at the knees by an injury, but he and Matt Hardy were working a fantastic match. And feud, uh, yeah, like yeah, the feud was great. And, yeah, the, the feud and everything. Was so I mean, it's really hard. Uh, he was an easy nominee for me. He was one of the first choice, first people that came to my mind for having that meteoric rise. He was for me too. He has that, you know, that Genetiquois, the stardust more than anybody else on the list for me. Mm-hmm. He, you know, like every, you talk about that brass ring. That's a common phrase in wrestling, but he grabbed that brass ring. Everything that they handed to Sammy, he exceeded everybody's yeah. expectations every time. Yeah. And like that is physically, he did it like his promo skills, his, on camera work, his ring work, everything has just been a perfect 10 this year. And I, I mean, like unparalleled for me this year. Yeah. Now I want to jump to another nominee. One, because I feel like we have to kind of defend ourselves, but not defend ourselves <laughs> with the nomination of Mr. Iguana. Because yeah, yes, I mean, in full transparency, he is a friend of the show. Uh, however, when you look at his presence, and also his whether it's social media presence, whether his in-ring ability, and really where he's placed in AAA right now, he truly mm-hmm. feels like a rising star. 
He really yeah. does. He, yeah. his YouTube and TikTok and everything have taken him to the next level. This was the year that AAA kind of bumped him up to a full-time AAA right. guy. And so he, you know, we talked again. I mean, he took every opportunity that they handed to him and, you know, did exceedingly amazing things with it beyond anybody's expectations. The stuff he does with Yeska is next level. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you like that kind of wrestling, like he is the best at that. The when she had the mask on at Lucha Fighter, she got involved in the match at Triple Mania. His mm-hmm. work with Yeska and for, especially the way he connects with kids and younger fans. I mean, he he really is a star on the rise and. He, yeah. he's he been around, but if you didn't follow indies or certain areas, the Sinaloa areas, you wouldn't have known a whole lot about Mr. Iguana. But this is the year, if you're a Lucha fan, you know Mr. Iguana's yeah. name, no matter what. <laughs> I, I, and I, so, I, like, that make yeah. that, that absolutely has to include him. And he has that, I mean, he just, he's got the character figured out, the physicality of the Iguana. Everything he does is just so perfect and so sharp. And yeah, he, yeah, he has to be included on this list. If he hadn't had that, um, more hardcore edge to him and that last really big internet fight he had, I I might not have seen nearly as much of the giant rise that, but I mean, like he's, he showed the tools and versatility that say, proves to me that he could do the, do a main event scenario, uh, and, and be part of it. Absolutely. Miranda oh, was, was trying to say something earlier. Well, just, just to agree with Dusty kind of now being in that full-time role or, or that placement with AAA, that's also a huge step in his career. And we've seen that in the Lucha Fighter series and the auto luchas and having yeah. a pretty coveted spot in Triple Mania. You yeah. know, so that is really showing that the company has faith in him and, and mm-hmm. seems Absolutely. like that is that long-term um you know, uh, connection, uh, that it, it's fairly obvious that the company is investing in him. And so, you know, the fact that we'll, we've seen him all through this year, at least through the limited Absolutely. AAA shows, I foresee the same thing happening in 2021. And for those that don't know, uh, Talalo is Lalo. The last name escapes me, but he, he's famous in Mexico, like very famous. And Mr. Iguana, he was a comedian. He had a luchador comedy spot where he put on the mask and called himself Tlaloc. And, but Mr. Iguana was there to defend the honor of Lucha Libre. Like he was Lucha Libre's representative yeah. Yeah. against this guy making a joke of the whole thing. So that's a big deal too for him this yeah. year to be seen yeah. as like the guy to come yeah. represent Lucha Libre against this and, uh, yeah. very famous internet celebrity in Mexico. And he did it, he did it, like I was saying, one of the things that showed me there, he, he treated that like he was really out to, to defend it. There was no joke. Yes, there was no, did. yeah. No time for funny business. He was yeah. there to defend Lucha. Yeah. Now, someone else that actually probably doesn't need any explanation is Hijo del Vikingo. I think this is one that we all agree with is on this list. He had such a fantastic start of the year. He was part of that crossover between MLW and AAA, Mm -hmm. had a fantastic match there, had an awesome match, really an awesome presence throughout the Lucha Fighter series. And even though we hadn't seen a lot of him throughout this year, had a, a pretty 
surprising comeback at Triple Mania. But I feel like, and also, yeah. you know, when when Kenny Omega was asked about who he's going to face next or wants to face next, next, it was Ijo de Vikingo. If that is not, you yeah. know, a, a voucher yeah, a big of deal. future, the fact that the Triple A Mega Campeon wants to face Evil next, like that's that's a sign that he's he's going places. Absolutely. He's, he's the only star on this list who was actually hurt by COVID. Yeah. Everybody else managed to find a way to shine. Uh Mr. or not Hijo de Van Kingo went and had a baby and and took some time off, which I, I mean as I said during the time was a good thing for him and his personal life and balance. But Absolutely. Had, had he stayed and and continued to wrestle and been on the AAA brand, he probably would have been in the main event picture uh, shortly before Triple Mania and would have been higher on the on the card or used in the card actually. So. I think he would have been higher up on the card, but I don't necessarily know that the break hurt him because he had the best match of Auto Luchas with Pentagon and. I- you know, yeah. like people were so hyped after that match, and then we were, "Where's Io Del Vikingo?" You know, that's what they tell you when mm-hmm. you're writing a TV show. You should, if a character's not on screen, you should be asking, "Where is this character?" And that's how we were all summer. Where's Vikingo? Where's Vikingo? Yeah. You know, and so like it really, I, I, you know, that's another one of those signs of a big star. I, I, I mean, yeah, I agree because he was still there, but I, he's the only one who's. Momentum, in my opinion. Yes, yes, absolutely. I see what you mean. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, speaking of momentum, someone who just got straight <laughs> shot to the top, Dominic Mysterio. Yes. Very yep. <laughs> really a one-on-one match with Seth Rollins at uh, SummerSlam. I mean, who does that? I mean, a, a year ago, none of us thought uh, Dominic was, uh, you know, we thought maybe he'll show up in NXT, maybe he'll wrestle yeah. in AAA. But no, he's just straight up to, to the top in a program with Seth Rollins. The entire Mysterio family story has been one of Raw, uh, Raw and SmackDown's, one of WWE's most popular storylines. And I think overall, he's gotten really positive praise from the company and even fans about mm-hmm. um, his performance and his, and his work uh, to the point where he had a, a one-on-one match with Seth Rollins. And as I think some fans were surprised, but also felt, well, oh, no, that makes, that makes sense. And since then, um, you know, there's been some changes with the Mysterio family and he's kind of played a little bit more of a backseat now, but he is a member of the roster. He is a WWE wrestler. So, I mean, Ooh. Who debuted at a paid pay-per-view, so you can't yeah. take yeah. that away from him. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that also means that his trajectory next year is going to be hard to match for this year. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> very, very Yeah, a lot of that was his debut and introduction. But yeah. he really capitalized on that in a way that so few can in WWE, mm-hmm. both through ability and, like, to continue to keep the writers and the booking interested in you. And yeah. Dominic, whether through his ability or through his familial association, has been able to do that. And so, like, that's a big part of why he's included versus I, some others. I, I would argue that his familial <clears throat> association is what got his foot in the door, but his ability and his uh, I feel his, the same. His, his work, because uh, I will refer back to this, he and and Ray did a promo early on where Ray Mysterio seemed flat and lifeless, and he was the one that had 
the real passion and, and yeah, rooming fire. into the, yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, I think it was his hard work that put him in the position where he's at. But, uh, I mean, obviously his last name or his fake last name is, yeah. uh, is what got him to this dance. Speaking of one of the name. hardest working people in wrestling, Thunder yes. Rosa. Uh-huh. Uh, Absolutely. Who, uh, was NWA women's champion for most of this year, um, ended up getting a, a prime opportunity and spot with AEW and has taken that bull by the horns. Also is running her own independent wrestling promotion with Mission Pro. Um, and, and I mean, if anyone has had such an amazing year and has written this line of momentum that I don't think anybody saw that really broke no. boundaries between companies um, and, and in pro wrestling. It's Before Kenny did it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah she was her. the first groundbreaker, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think that was yeah. one, too. I think it was very uh, unanimous in our group as, as someone Absolutely. who has a and even though she's not the NWA Women's Champion anymore, I don't feel like she's lost any of that momentum either. No, um, not a step. It's just yeah. a pivot now into some some different things. But I mean, getting to see her in ring work, um, being a part of AEW pay per views, and now she's in pretty much one of the best programs that the women AEW Women's Division has ever had. Yes, I mean, absolutely. Yes, it's. So, and another thing that really so cemented me on her, I mean, the resume for her is super long anyway, but she's only been in wrestling five or six years. I'm not positive on the timing. It was five years when I taught, was listening to an interview six months ago. It could be six by now. I didn't research that. Yeah. But like that shows the, the, where she's at and what she's doing and how smooth she works shows just how much effort she's put in and to to go to nwa women's champion at the five-year mark is a huge deal like that's yeah there, there are people that have been wrestling longer than than uh dominic mysterio is old that have not reached that uh absolutely and she won a championship in japan too this year yep. she was the tokyo joshi pro international princess champion Mm-hmm. Uh, she beat, uh, Maki Ito for the championship in January. Like it was a long time ago now, but yeah, <laughs> that was also this year. Yep. And so like it's, it's very cool, you know, like she did a lot this year to deserve yeah. that rising star that's, nomination. That's absolutely based on this year alone, she's on a huge tur- trajectory. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of someone who's on a pretty good trajectory herself this year, Raquel Gonzalez. Um, this year in NXT for her, and it's even, I would say, more within the past six months um, that we've seen a shift in Raquel. Um, though, you know, part of her identity changed or her persona changed when she aligned herself with Dakota Kai, she was really looked at that backup, that muscle, uh, that protector mm-hmm. of Dakota Kai. Now she's taking a step forward herself and establishing mm-hmm. herself um, as a in a dominant role in 
in NXT. And the things that we've seen out of her over the past few months uh, with, of course, War Games, Rhea Ripley, um, and, and even, uh, you know, uh, pinning uh, Io Shirai, um, I mean, just the, the match she's had with Ember Moon. Um, you know, I think there's been a lot of growth. A lot of people have said yeah. she's one of the most improved wrestlers um, in NXT and, and probably within wrestling right now. And so using that for, you know, 2021, she could become the next NXT Women's Champion. I I guarantee that she will be in that picture if not yeah. winning it in the – in the next year and uh, her coming out uh, as the muscle for Dakota Kai happened in this year. I know it feels like forever ago. Thanks to yeah, all, the, all uh, the other things, but, but I, yeah. I don't remember exactly, but I, I want to say this year, but I didn't want to. Yeah. I, I was, so no, I was at uh, NXT Portland when it happened. So mm-hmm. I, I very much have it burned in my head. <laughs> uh, so cool. Uh, so, so, I mean, just that shows you, right? Just because you, in, in the, what you were talking about, you remembered her as the muscle and somewhere in between there, then, some pre-COVID and now, uh, she is, uh, she's, she's transformed herself into the, a match for the, the, the world champions. People were absolutely electrified when she had that moment with, uh, with Rhea Ripley in, in war games. She was in War Games and in a uh, a main event level match, even. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, it'll be no surprise to anyone who listens to the show that I'm the one that that suggested Raquel Gonzalez because I've been <laughs> high on her for years, but uh, I I feel like she stands with any of the rest of these choices. She absolutely does, and you know, within WWE, she's unique for being a big woman who's very strong. You know, compared to somebody like Nia Jax, who's big, but doesn't have that fantastic strength that she has. Mm-hmm. And, like, Raquel is just, yeah, it's fantastic. She was a former, she's a former college basketball player, a legitimate six-footer. Like, she brings so much to it. But to back it up with that strength and that ability in the ring and that she just understands the camera and has that star power. She captivates you with her charisma when you watch. It's really special, and she's getting more and more as time goes on. It's something that can't be taught, but you can develop it and hone it, and she's figuring that out, absolutely. She is. Now, I do want to talk about our honorable mention for this category. Yes. This is actually the only one that we have throughout all of our nominations. That just lets you know that this was a very, very challenging category for us um, because there were so many people we thought of. But our honorable mention for this category is Angel Garza. Um, he's yeah. been one uh, who we've seen a lot more on TV. Um, I mean, you had this whole Andrade Garza uh, team, not team, uh, you know, a lot of that tension. But also, even in some of his singles work, he's had that personality that shined. We've talked about how, you know, even Vincent Mann looks at him and, and thinks of him as a star. Um, but... I think the challenging part is that we just haven't really seen him that much on, on television in, in a enough. while. Yeah. And there's more frustration with his storylines than anything. 
Absolutely. His booking, his charisma and his ability gave him that star, rising star status. Everybody loved to see him, but what WWE gave us for Angel was just not enough. Like, there just wasn't enough at all. And especially towards the end of the Andrade thing, all of a sudden it looked like we were going to get it. And then he injured his leg, and that derailed everything. And then he came back. And ever since he he was in a battle royal at the opening for uh, Survivor Series, and then he was in the uh, main event on WWE main event on Hulu, uh, like two or three weeks in a row. He had a little winning streak, then they had Keith Lee beat him. So it's been very up and down for him as far as booking, and that made it harder to choose him compared to somebody like Dominic. Yeah. I want to point out to the listeners, too, that we had a special guest, Jerry Villagrana, on the show, and we spent a good, what, 20 minutes talking about how much we like Angel? Yeah. Right? We were really high on this guy at the beginning. So just mm-hmm. the fact so that he excited. didn't make the cut says a lot about what's been happening about there. Mm-hmm. But uh and it's nothing to do with him. It's just no. what they're giving him. Yeah. He's making yeah. the best of it. They're just not giving him enough to make the best of. Yeah, and it shows that we're still able to talk about him with what Absolutely. they've been given. You know, yeah. Great. All right, our next category. Brendan, go ahead and take it away. All right, so uh we're going to go with the trios of the year. The Trios are something that are kind of unique to Lucha Libre, so I, I personally thought, I know everybody kind of agreed with me, but it was important that we have that as a distinctive thing mm-hmm. because it is a, it is definitely part of Lucha Libre culture. It is something we've talked about, especially on this week in Lucha Libre, where it is, if you look at periods of history there, that's the feuds a lot of the time were built around that. So, uh, are we have five nominees for trios of the year? Um, and we have, uh, I'm gonna butcher this. Hinetes del Aire, which is, uh, Hijo del Vikingo, Mysticis Jr. and Octagon Jr., uh, operating out of AAA. We have, uh, the Death Triangle out of AEW, Penta L Zero M, Ray Phoenix and Pac. We have another AEW team, Jurassic Express, which is Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stunt. We have uh, NXT's Legado del Fantasma, Santos, uh, which is Santos Escobar, Raul Mendoza, and Joaquin Wild. And representing New Japan and Pro Wrestling, we have Los Ingonables du Japan. Uh, uh, we have listed here Bushi, Evil, and Sonata, uh, which were the ones that had won some some titles this year and, and were kind of in the conversation, but they are as as a as a broad rule, Absolutely. Lij in any variation can is worthy of being on this this trios list. Um, I'm just gonna let you guys go ahead and make make some comments there. Go ahead and uh, start us off. Um, well, as far as Gente Stellare, I, I really think this was their year. Last year at Triple Mania, they won the Trios Team Championships. They had that big three-way match against Poder Del Norte and Freses Salvajes. And then individually, all of these guys broke out this year in a big way. Mm-hmm. Il Del Vikingo alone through buzz, like he's almost become a stu- superstar just through like the buzz and hype around his name. 
Mysticy's and Octagon Jr. put on a couple of the best matches to come out of Auto Luchas this year with um, uh, Laredo Kid. I really think this was their year. They had they so had, much going on. They had a main event for uh, the MLW AAA crossover too, which was a fire mm-hmm. match. So. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. As far as like those kind of with the three biggest names or individual as well as as a trio, this is, Absolutely. this is the trio that has it all. Um, when I look at some of the other trios, I kind of, you could tell there's kind of one or two that are a little stronger and more of a leader within these three, uh, Mysticis, Octagon and, and Hijo de Vikingo. They each individually stand up on their own so mm-hmm. well. Absolutely. Superstars, all three, or rising superstars, if not, you know, next soon to be superstars, next superstars. Yep. They are going to be the guys very soon. Absolutely. I mean, with the death triangle, that that is one where it it the idea of it when it first came about was so awesome. Cool, when, but what have they done? Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> for most of this time. And again, I know understanding for COVID related reasons um the death triangle is kind of now making a wave back so they're yeah. ending 20 very well which i think helps their case um but a lot of the work seems to really be done between with penta and and ray and so you know we'll you know see them i'm sure again down the line in some of the other categories but that's the only fault that i have is that yeah. we're talking about your trios. I mean, uh, technically and and wrestling wise, these are three of the best in the business. Period. One hundred percent. Yeah. Individually, but as a trio, that's where there's a little bit of a gap because we just didn't have pack around for most of this year. So yeah. Um, talking Absolutely. about like early end of 2020, then yeah, they would have a bigger shot. But just 2020 in general? Uh, I yes, know yeah, they yeah. have a lot of potential, but they're less than the sum of their parts. It's, you know, it's, like, yeah, it's very interesting. They are the only team that's on here that is pure star power. Like, you could take any one of those guys and put them in a main event, and, and you know you're going to get a good match. You know uh, you know that the, the three of them can do big things, but they, to, to the point Miranda was making, they've done less as a trio than any of the others. So are they, yeah, I are they do we do we want to decide that they're the trio of the year because they're the super trio or or based or are we gonna like Hinete Zelaire has had a lot of success as a as a trio this year. So I mean I don't know. We, that's what yeah. we're here to, to debate. <laughs> On the other side of uh Lucha Express uh or Jurassic Express um because uh, you know that too they've had such a stronger presence they absolutely uh, have ew and a lot of that i mean we, but when you think about you know actual lucha trio some of that really does come more from luchasaurus um and, and his background but you also look at jungle boy and i think he he could have a, a lucha mass or lucha uh match with any luchador out there I do too uh, yeah, yeah. i feel that way about marco too so I don't know where Marco trained at, but I know that uh that Jungle Boy is a Southern Cal guy, so he knows he has to know Lucha by almost by definition. Especially yes. since he did a lot of work at PWG. Like, I mean, you you learn you learn Lucha by osmosis in in promotions and environments like that, but the schools down there 
most of them, as we've established over and over again, will teach you uh, American wrestling and lucha so that you have a more rounded profile and can do more matches in that area. I I think Marco trained in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, so he probably didn't have a whole lot of lucha training (laughs) there. So (laughs) his size size and his style. And I mean, he's a very quick, very aerial. And so I think he could very quickly adapt and he's an adaptable guy. Like he's got a lot of ability. Sky's the limit for him despite his size. And so I think we could see him wrestle, especially somebody smaller like a Rey Mysterio or a Laredo kid and Mm -hmm. really knock our socks off but i mean lucha luchasaurus I mean, yes, that's this, our man that's the man i mean talk about knock your socks off like i mm-hmm. think this year hey, we've seen he knocked him. some shoes off yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i you know i mean it does seem like this trio may not be a trio forever um that eventually they're all going to part their own ways and um but i think that for someone who had a pretty good year between um jungle boy and luchasaurus primarily but i think a lot of uh even just jungle boys work a lot of it towards the beginning and middle of the year i think outshined luchasaurus but luchasaurus now from the middle to the end of the year has picked up so yeah. that i think is kind of an interesting thing out of all the other nominees too where I think one half or one portion of this trio really shined um, during the beginning of the year and then now the other portion. And now as far as trio work, we just kind of see it mainly on dark, which. Yeah, uh, it's it's, but it's hard to argue with the presence that they have. Like that that is the reason that I view them as a viable candidate is that as a trio's entity, they have been in the forefront and in people's brain for the entire year. They have. Uh, They've been more yeah. relevant than Death Triangle have as far as like trio <laughs> yeah. and, and like yeah. in relevant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I don't know if he's had more than anybody, but I know that Jungle Boy had fifty two matches now, I believe, um, as of this airing. And for so AEW alone. For AEW alone. Yeah, 52 AEW matches. And that's incredible. And so that kind of longevity and talent, and that's a sign of how AEW feels about you. You're getting featured all the time. And when they move into whatever, they're building a trio's division or at least a direction towards trios. And I truly think that the Lucha or the Jungle Express will be at the top. Jurassic Express. Jurassic Express. Jurassic yeah. Express. I, was, I started I that. Rapping, and I, I was like, Lucha, yeah. Express. We're going to, we're going to somehow rename them. Uh, <laughs> it's just a way it's going to go. Uh, not, I mean, I don't know if anyone's surprised by this, but I nominated Legado de Fantasma as kind of, you know, the, the person who covers NXT and watches it more than I watch some of the other promotions. Uh, and oh, every week, I mean, we kind of fan and fawn over Legado the Fantasma, this transformation of uh, of Santos Escobar. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and bringing in Joaquin and Raul, um, I think has just been such a good thing for NXT, been such a good thing for all three of them. They are part of a stable trio that's viewed as a legitimate threat in NXT. And even though they're really more in that, you know, 205 level, um, I feel like they just flow so well. They have such a great dynamic. Um, they succeed as a, as a team. I mean, a lot of what they do is a, as a team and they have been bringing that element of trios and even tag team Lucha Libre wrestling to NXT and just the way that they wrestle. 
leverage and utilize the space around them in their matches, which makes it so much harder for, I think, other teams mm -hmm. to try and, and tackle them. So I just think of a really solid, well-oiled trio. Legado Fantasma is, is it for me. Absolutely. And they're the best trio in WWE, in my opinion, and NXT, WWE. Sorry, Brendan, go ahead. No, no, no. Keep going. Yeah. Can, my, my. <laughs> Sorry. But I, I do. I just feel that they, he gets it. I mean, Santos Escobar, he gets it. He's been around Mexico for a long time. He gets wrestling, but they have kind of turned WWE style Lucha Libre on its head for luchadors and what they yes. do. And that kind of shaking up the status quo gets them a nomination alone. I mean, they are really changing the game for luchadors. They work together like a team. It's like watching a pack of dogs or a group of sharks. They circle, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, like it's incredible. And I mean that in the best possible way. I love it when they do that. And it's just incredible. They, they get it on a way that so few, so many people think they get it, but these guys truly get it. So you kind of hinted at some what I was going to bring up anyway. They are on this list the one that is 100% a trio. Like the from the moment that Santos Escobar arrived as Santos Escobar and not any other persona that he's had in <laughs> that it's always been about the trio. His singles matches, both Raul and Joaquin have been at ringside and they've played factors. They have. Uh, their tag team matches, Santos has been there and he's played a factor in it. It is, uh, they've always been a trio and a faction from the moment they've been created to Miranda's point where also the, earlier in the year, they're, they're just, uh, it, it's, uh, their tactics seem to be about getting people separated outside the ring and doing their damage and that is how they function as a trio, whether it's in a singles match, a tag match or a trios match. So, uh, they, they, I mean, that is my, my argument right there for why they might be considered for trio of the year because they are the most pure trio of any of the nominees we've got. Absolutely. Now, Dusty, I believe this was your nomination as kind of more of our resident New Japan. I, I actually, I think it was Brendan. Brendan, oh, Brendan, okay. I did, yeah, it was yeah. me. Uh, I, Ingo I Ingo Bernabe's uh, Do Japan is a faction that has brought attention to back to Lucha Libre in other parts of the world. They, um, for those that don't know the story, uh, several members have gone to Mexico and worked with the Ingo Bernabe's faction out of Siena, CMLL and brought that, their, their attitude and their style back and, and, uh, that's where Tranquilo came from. It, it is indeed where Tranquilo came from. And one of my favorite moments was hearing in the early days of uh, Andrade, hearing people say, oh, he's just trying to imitate Naito. <laughs> <laughs> you know what language is supposed to be? <laughs> never mind, never mind, never mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I just felt like um, now, so they, they are, as a, as a group, they didn't get to do as much as the other teams, largely due to COVID and, and New Japan really shutting things down. And then right. worse yet, you had uh, Evil kind of turn us back on the LIJ faction. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, that was sad this year. 
but they were uh, they were a faction and a trio at the beginning of the year. They were on pace to do good things before they went with that storyline. So I just felt like they were worthy oh, of a nomination. I thought the Bushi turn, the trio, and then the um, or the evil turn rather, and you know, with you know Bushi and Sonata kind of mm-hmm. being left behind. I loved the whole thing. Like this yeah. was so cool. And as far as Japan, there was no trio that came close this year. I mean, they were really on fire. Yeah. And I mean, like even though we didn't see a lot of trios work, the Ingobernables de Japan were still humongous because they. I mean, like, like we said, Evil won the titles. Naito won the titles. I mean, Naito's in Gobernable. Like, they have had a huge, huge year. Yeah. And they have to be included in any discussion of the best for the year. Yeah. Yeah. And that was largely where I was going is they, LIJ has had a huge year. I didn't, I didn't nominate any, uh, any particular trio and then later someone expanded on that but that i that is the traditional trio that so i that's fair Uh, yes that was my expanding (laughs) i just knew uh that was where i was at that i i thought that uh lij deserved a a nod for being the a consummate trio through the entirety of their they really did yeah very true very true and especially out of all these other trios one of the longer ones yeah, um, one's been together the longest, so um, very, very good point. Uh, and our next category. Yeah. Justin, go ahead and take it away. Yeah. Next up, we had the tag team of the year. Our first nominees were Caristico and Mystico from CMLL. Our second nominees were TH2, Jack Evans, and Angelico from AEW. Our third nominee were Lucha Bros, Pinta El Zero M, and Ray Phoenix from both AEW and AAA. Our fourth nominees were Miss Disease Jr. and Octagon Jr. from Gentes de Lare um, and AAA. They have their own tag team within the trios division because Vikinga was out this year, so they're included. And nominee five was Andrade and Angel Garza from WWE. And... I'll just be straight up. I, I'm nominated TH2. Yeah, that's not a surprise. We were I, all racing for that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Angelico. I love Jack Evans, but especially Angelico. And they have capitalized on themselves so well in the last quarter of this year on AEW. They had a little ring rust, but that came off quickly. They had a standout appearance on Britt Baker's waiting room on the first episode. Their personality and charisma is on fire. And Helico just had a huge match with Cody. These guys are on the way up. They have done so much this year. And I think that they could be, you know, so many reasons that they're the tag team of the year. But just how they capitalized on their momentum and, you know, like they they saw the way the velocity of things and they grabbed a hold of it in AEW. And I feel like they've done the most in the shortest amount of time. Yes. And that that gives them the the nod. It's interesting. I we probably should have put them as nominated yet even more of a nominee for rising star because that we weren't even thinking about tag teams, but yeah. they were. Right. Yeah. They could have been easily been the rising <laughs> tag team yes. because 
so many eyes. Those of us that are Lucha fans, those of us that are Lucha Underground fans, we know who these guys are. We've seen them. But a lot of the more casual fans, especially people that are newer to wrestling or younger fans, they haven't seen these guys before. They don't understand TH2. But what they've done this year to capitalize on their abilities has just been fantastic for me. Yes, no, and and I think they're an example of how this this flow. We saw them primarily on dark for a long time. Yes, we did. Yeah, they built up their momentum and velocity on dark, and then they moved up to dynamite, and they really did a lot with that. And it told a story. Like, and there's still a story being told there with SCU, and there's so much more to gain. And I felt like the like we say they did the most in the shortest amount of time. Rising star, they they've been fantastic. And I would hope to see them as AEW tag champions. Oh, me too. They've got to be in the picture soon. We're seeing the subtle progression there. Pictures, but I I would hope that they actually become tag champions. I feel like AEW puts such a strong emphasis on tag teams, and though I think they've had kind of a slow start, um, now they're they're in a place where they are really focusing on. you know, where, where the championships will go next. And I feel like now with the young bucks having it, it's more just, I hope to elevate a team like TH2 that they can, you know, TH2 beats them. It's a huge rub for them. And I feel like the tag team that can truly beat, um, uh, the young bucks where they're at, it is TH2. I I agree 100%. Yes. Nothing but, but good things for them. If they stay healthy and focused like they did this year. And, and also an AW tag teams at the top that need to be considered as contenders are the Lucha Bros. We got yes. Pinto, we got Ray Phoenix. They have done such big things individually this year. Their match, or well, both matches against each other. Um, Pinta had a great match against Kenny Omega. He, uh, Fe- Ray Phoenix is going to have one on the 30th against Kenny Omega on Dynamite. They, they are just at the top of the card. They are top guys in a top tag team and they need to be in the title picture soon because they deserve that. That was kind of where it felt like it was heading at one time and then COVID and the kind of travel and everything tumbled funny for AEW there. But now that we're got our rhythm back and kind of on momentum with things, I feel like we're going to see them at the top of the tag team title picture as well. I mean, I don't really have a lot of, of words to add to why the Lucha Brothers are on this yeah, list. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you'll know. And that's it. Yeah. You know, I mean, even as recently as, as Triple Mania. Absolutely. Uh, and that's their element. That's, you know, I mean, I feel like yes. when we see them in Triple A, it's a little bit more of their element than we do in AEW. But uh, at the same time, the fact that they are these also Lucha ambassadors uh, for AEW, and in this United States audience is huge. I mean, now when people look at not only Lucha Libre, but also Lucha Libre tag teams, you think of Phoenix and, and uh, Penta. You absolutely do. And and we had also at L- Triple Mania and Lucha Texas, we had Mr. Z's Jr. and Octagon Jr. Yeah. They put on some of the best matches this year. Entes Del Are is fantastic. Um you know, like the sky's the limit for these guys. We saw they also had an amazing three-way match against Laredo Kid at Auto Luchas. And so whether they're together, whether they're apart, they're just fantastic. These guys are on top of their form. Mm-hmm. And 
as far as Triple A goes, they were one of the most standout tag teams of the year. At Triple Mania, these guys were working on 11. They didn't turn it up to 10. They turned it up to 11. They were amazing. Penta was working with an injured leg, so we did not get Lucha Bros in full effect. But we got Mr. C's Jr. and Octagon Jr. in, like, extra full effect. It was stunning. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Uh, um, I, and, you know, and I think that's also the beauty of, you know, when you have a trio and, and maybe one person isn't there, um, and this could be just more of a testament to the trio, but uh, at the same time, Mr. C's Jr. and Octagon Jr. Um, have such amazing chemistry and they are just do. fantastic faces, you know, technicals. Like, I think they, you just look oh, more technical in in, <laughs> in the dictionario they, and yeah, you see them, you know, so I think that's also just a, a beautiful thing. And they look cool together, the masks and everything. Yeah. Like they're wow. a cool tag team. Like they're just yeah. awesome. They're they're uh they've got that appeal for multiple generations too, because the cool gear makes them accessible to kids. They're gonna be very interested by them. But the uh the high flying will make make them more adults interested in them and, and then uh they're Fairly attractive-looking young men, so I'm yeah. sure that the abuelas <laughs> in the audience will love them too. Oh so. yes, yeah. the abuelas, las niñas, las mujeres, you know. You know, speaking uh, speaking of, of two good-looking gentlemen, we have Andrade and Angel Garza on here. How we're we not going to talk about good-looking men and, and not bring up Angel Garza? I feel like I'd be true yeah, to life that's fair. I didn't. That's fair. <laughs> um, and I think this is almost a surprise that they're on here just because as, as much as they were a good team, the booking and, and the writing yes. and the storytelling did not lend in their favor. No, but their ability shown through all of that. I mean, I, they, I, 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 I supported putting them in here because the, they, what they gave us with versus what we expected of them in the position they were in was, was still great. Like, yes. you know, we still got a, a good match. We, we easily for that, by that logic could have put in, uh, the, uh, uh, why did their names just the collective name, uh, the, uh, Lucha House Party. Yes. Because they yeah. also, uh, but, but we had, we just had on, uh, Angel on the, on the mind, I think, cause. Well, <laughs> and the, despite what limited things they were given, they were in the tag title picture, even though yep. they didn't pull the trigger on them. And the charisma yeah. and everything yeah. between Angel and Andrade and in the yeah. ring and, and they had Zelina. I mean, I just feel like that bumped them above Lucha House Party who aren't yeah. functioning as a tag team currently. They're in the 24-7 picture. And so <laughs> just what they put in, I yeah. mean, I, and like you say, they're good looking guys, like and that's how you know the brass thing brass ring and WWE's lie. These guys seized it so hard, Angel and Andrade, and they just could not capitalize on it through no fault of their own because they did the best and exceeded every opportunity they were given. WWE just never pulled that trigger on them. They never got that excited. They were just there to tread water until they thought they could bring audiences in and they suffered for it. Such a confusing choice. That whole summer long feud with Street yeah. Profits, it did nothing to derail people's interest in Angel and Andrade, but they still never gave them anything to capitalize on it. 
We also have uh, Coristico and, and Mystico on here, CMLL uh-huh. yes. representation too. Absolutely. Um, and I think if you think of a, a team that just flows well, uh, I mean, they are one that automatically comes to a lot of people's minds. Yeah, they they were my first the first team that popped in my head. But even before the Lucha Bros, when we decided we were doing a tag team, I'm, I was like, the uh, Caristico Mystico have been on our, on my tongue in particular because I've been covering CMLL. But uh, they just always they're always there in the picture. Like then they work together as a tag team. Uh, I they've had held gold as a tag team. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, uh, the biggest thing working against them is the similar to Andrade and Angel, which is the CMLL booking is often very safe. So they don't get to do a lot of what they really could do in a, in a fun match. They just get to do like seven to 10 minutes of looks good for tourists and television. And that's about it. And that's yeah, really, that's, that's the only thing that's holding that this team back. They could be a much better. Much bigger and much better team. Yeah, and at one point I believe they were tag champions, and Caristico was middleweight champion, right? Correct. Like at the same time, yeah. So yeah. that's pretty, pretty exclusive and impressive <laughs> too. That's a, I mean, that's a sign that you know they're very high on them and what they do is, a, yeah, you know, and it used to be an old-fashioned rule you couldn't hold a singles title and a tag title at the same time. So it's really especially cool. not at CMLL. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that, yeah, that's what I meant with CMLL. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's very cool that he gets to do that. So it's you know unique and interesting and helps bring them above the standard tag team in CMLL. Mm-hmm. Now I have this uh, late not late submission, but one that uh, Dusty and Brendan don't know. <laughs> so it's all up here. Uh, but, you know, in some ways, how could we forget the inaugural AEW Deadly Draw winners? Oh, Eva beautiful choice. Yes, 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 absolutely. And so I'm going to write it down because I wanted to, to surprise you with, with I'm this. I'm so glad, yeah. Uh, this yes, is, yeah they, they need they, to be in the conversation. They need to be in the conversation, you know, because of the fact that, yes, they won the inaugural Deadly Draw Tag Tournament. Um, their story of being a team of, you know, individual women with very similar career pathways, uh, cultural backgrounds, wrestling styles. Um, you kind of knew that they were going to come together as uh, tag partners. And when they did for the Deadly Draw Tournament, it made so much sense. And their momentum and story through it was one that not only just lasted through that tournament, but we even see kind of carry through with, um, you know, uh, with some of that Ivalice, uh, mm-hmm. Rosa he, and, and that story happening. And we've seen them tag, um, in, in, a few times after that. Absolutely. So I think that, um, as a, a team who, uh, really helped change a, a bit of AEW women's wrestling mm-hmm. and to a really like a, a, just a strong tag team in general. Uh, they had such Absolutely. a great summer that I, I really wanted to include them. And no, uh, I'm glad you thought of it. 
Yeah, when they when they first started out on Dark, you know, when we first started hearing about them, our conversation on the show was, we hope they put them together as a tag team. Like, they've got to put them together as a tag team. And we were so excited. And truly, them putting them together as a tag team and signing Ivelisse was the beginning of the kind of revolution of women's wrestling within AEW, where it was finally a serious thing. And Ivelisse was the start of that. Like, it's easy to overlook that now, but she truly was the beginning of that. Yes. And so they absolutely deserve to be in the contention because of that. That is a very cool, pivotal moment. I think when history looks back on the AEW women's division, she'll be remembered as the person. Kind of like how we remember the match and the women's match, give divas a chance, you know, and that started yeah. with WWE. The, the, I think that Ivelisse coming in will be seen as the moment that it turned for them. I hope so. Yeah. I I absolutely agree. Before we get into our next category, Brendan, uh, would you like to tell us a little bit more about LuchaCentral.com? Absolutely. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it really is time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards. Seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha, bleh, major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. We're live, folks. This happens. Yeah. <laughs> On top Love of it. all of this other stuff, it's free. So, you know, really, really do check it out. Uh, LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Thank you. I mean, we can't tell you enough. Go to LuchaCentral.com. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I go every day. I check it out all the time. It's uh, my homepage now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So three categories down, three more to go. Our next category is Luchadora of the Year. Our nominees for this category is CMLL's Avispa Dorada, uh, AEW slash NWA slash Mission Pro Wrestling slash the whole wrestling world, Thunder Rosa, uh, La Reina de la Reina's champion, and you can also see her on Impact Wrestling, Taya Valkyrie, oh, yeah. AAA's Lady Shani, and NXT's Raquel Gonzalez. Now, I don't feel like any of these are a huge surprise to uh, anyone uh, who's listening. I think all of these women uh, definitely need to be in this conversation. Uh, but I'm very interested in your guys' perspectives as to you know, who, who are you leaning towards? Is there someone that you are favoring? I know I'm leaning towards Thunder Rosa. I mean, much like Laredo Kid, she's been independent. She's been everywhere. She built her name up this year and really showed up this year. She became NWA champion. Her arc on Dynamite has been legendary. I absolutely think it'll go down as one of the finest runs in all of wrestling, but especially in women's wrestling, like of all time. Her work with Ivelisse and Hikaru Shida was fantastic. Uh, the best women's matches that Dynamite ever had, in fact, you know, had Thunder Rosa in them. Her current stuff with Britt Baker is next level, and I feel like she deserves all the acclaim this year, that it's really Thunder Rosa's year. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, she 
she was a contender for one of my nominees for match of the year. So her match with Penelope Ford, which did not make the, uh, it just barely did not make my nomination was, uh, was, was, is still one of my favorite matches that uh, I've seen this year. So yeah. I completely under, I can completely understand. Um, you know, I think someone too, even though we didn't get to see her wrestle this much, uh, a lot this year, it seems like when she did wrestle, it was important was Lady Shawnee. Uh, yes. I feel like every time we Absolutely. saw her in the ring, it was this poignant moment in her career where one, you could see, you know, the support that, that Triple A is putting behind her, but her talent is, is just something else. It's just, and it's, it's undeniable. Um, mm-hmm. and both being, uh, the winner of the women's lucha fighter, uh, tournament and, uh, the gauntlet, uh, for la Copa Femenina, uh, Femenil, um, in, in, at Triple Mania is again, two very big wins. So for someone who maybe didn't wrestle as much this year, I think those are two big signs that, you know, she is really at the top of Triple A's, uh, women's division. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so based on your initial question of who we think is going to, who we think should win, I, I, I would argue Lady Shawnee as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah, she's, I know. It's, yeah, yeah, she was one of my picks just because yeah. of, of her performance, um, throughout the year. And again, we haven't seen her as, as much, um, this, this year. And I think that that's very hard. That's when true. You have Someone as Thunder Rosa who, you know, between working uh, even on primetime live on AEW in her own promotion, you know, she's actually gotten to wrestle uh, a lot this year. So we've yeah, seen and train. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to see her students on dark this yeah. week. You know, yeah. it's exciting. You know, like there's a lot going on for Rosa. But like you say, every time Lady Shawnee wrestled this year, it had an important feel. Every time we saw her, it felt important. It had that big match feel. Yeah, and, and she just, she, she stepped up to it too. She mm-hmm. did. 100%. She did, she did, uh, so I mean, we talked about why Rosa's got the, the rising star, but Lady Shawnee was, has been near the top and just has shown every time why she's in this position. And, uh, it, I, I just think that she overall did the, did the, the greatest body of, of work. Mm-hmm. And, and the, as far as in women's wrestling this, yeah. in this year. Someone we didn't also see a lot of this year was Ty Valkyrie. Um, right. In, in Lucha uh, territory, even a bit in Impact. I mean, she lost the Impact Knockouts Championship um, earlier this year when Impact was in Mexico. Uh, mm-hmm. She lost that to Jordan Grace, um, she, yes. which was the longest she was the longest reigning knockouts uh champion in in the company so i mean that itself ending that reign was pretty uh poignant and she's been consistent in her work and impact even though now um, and you know a a little less on 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 actual like storyline driven work one-on-one a lot of her work's been more with rosemary and and wrestle house and all that again though she still is one of those leaders not only Mm -hmm. in, in the uh women's division but i also just think uh as a luchadora that presence Absolutely. is still there um and she is still very highly touted and rego- regarded in mexico um she's still you she's know, still the reina de reina's yeah. champion in triple a yeah, yeah she's indeed. very highly regarded yeah 
And she defended that all over at least England this spring. I don't know if it was Europe at large or England. Um, she had some great matches. She had a trios match, like a mixed gender trios match where she teamed with Mascarita Sagrada and Mr. Iguana. I mean, she had a lot of titles matches in general. Um, she was team Chavo on Talking Shop of Mania too. I mean, Tyra was everywhere this year. And and you talk about Thunder Rosa being everywhere, but Tyra was everywhere, like worldwide. Worldwide is a better representation of them kind of what we see on a weekly basis on impact. And that's not to diminish her role and work in impact. It's just that, I mean, we talk about Absolutely. the beginning of the year when she had this really great program with Jordan Grace. Um, mm-hmm. and, and even at Hard to Kill, the beginning of the year was, uh, ODB and Jordan, or ODB, Jordan Grace, and Ty Valkyrie in a triple threat. And so you knew in some ways that the title, the Knockouts Championship was going to go off of her to go on to Jordan Grace. Um, but then, you know, the company shut down for a while too. Yep. So very the similar. As, yeah. yeah, as Lady Shawnee, but I think her body of work worldwide speaks more than what she did in Impact this. Absolutely. Very I mean, true, yeah. She, she, like I say, she's been everywhere. You know, she, uh, Impact has largely been her, her home this year. But like I say, she was in AAA. She was in Hurricane Pro. She was in bar wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, she was at HOW Wrestling in Minnesota. Uh, Lucha Vavum. I mean, she was everywhere this year. I mean, Taya was really everywhere and representing women's Lucha Libre and Lucha Libre at large at so many places. And so she absolutely deserves a mention due to her worldwide impact, no pun intended, and her, you know, reach. She had just has a bigger reach than a lot of these other women do. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, speaking, I think, of, of fantastic and amazingly talented uh, luchadores, Avispa Dorada. I think yes. it's very similar to what we've been talking about, especially with CMLL not picking up again uh, until after AAA did. Um, I think that was a challenge in, in that visibility for uh, Avispa. But I'm interested in, in your guys' thoughts and kind of how she compares to the rest of this list. So, uh, I had, I put a lot of thought into this. It's, it should be nobody's, no surprise to anyone. I'm the one nominating her. <laughs> um, but she, so what uh, you were talking about with Ty on a global scale, which is a fantastic transition because what Avispa did is she is bringing the world to Mexico. Mm-hmm. She, she's from the Pacific Northwest up here. She came, she studied Lucha, never wanted to work in the WWE. She CMLL was her goal the whole time. And when she got down there, she, uh, had to, she had to really struggle to, to find a place on the roster that she, that she could work with because a lot of the ladies down there are stuck in very tradition, traditional looks at matches, which up here and in the, in the Washington, the United States indie scene, I should say, you have a lot more freedom to do that even in a Lucha Libre format. So, uh, she's the only one that still does a, an over the top dive, uh, over the top rope dive in CMLL. And that is, uh, um, oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, that's and, really cool. <laughs> so I, I mean, uh, she's, she's not as, uh, as far as where she's at and the, the positioning in the company, she's not really 
very high up. She doesn't have titles. She's not really in contention for titles. But uh, she's slowly but surely kind of helping them expand their profile to be a little more dynamic. Absolutely. And, and a little more uh, diverse in, in style. And, and uh, that's, it felt like it was worthy enough of a nomination. Just yes. for that. This was the year she went from being somebody I'd kind of heard of to being somebody that I looked forward to seeing, <laughs> like somebody that I sought out on YouTube. I looked into old matches and stuff. And so this really was a big year for her. I mean, it went from when she went being a name to having name recognition. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and yeah. that, that happened for her this year. And that's a big deal, you know, and it's very cool. Yeah. Uh, I think she also, before, uh, CMLL, she had a tryout with the crash. And I mean, so she's yeah. legit. Like, she's been yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And it's so cool that she, you know, is representing women's wrestling and women's lucha libre and um she makes masks you know i mean like she yeah. is really yeah. connected to lucha libre in a deep yeah. and impactful way and so it's awesome to see her this year kind of get that name recognition and i think when the travel situation opens up she's we've seen her on a couple of informas now and the video about masks you know to wear your mask for covid so i think she's going to be in their immediate plans when things become available yeah i hope so yeah Yeah. well brennan that actually transitions really well back to the last uh nominee and that's Raquel Gonzalez because a lot of the things that you said about uh, Avispa Dorada I think can be said about Raquel Gonzalez um well things Absolutely. that both of you said um that you know yeah she doesn't have any titles and she's still very much on that rising path but the work that she's been able to do this year and the changes yep. that she's made in her style and her look and her persona have really just, it's been a 180. And the presence that she has now in NXT um, has changed so much from what we knew uh, last year and even just in the introduction that we had with her in the, the May Young Classic. So I feel like um, the way that she's, taking this new approach and this new side to her and her style. I mean, she's not a, a luchadora in the sense of, you know, the high flyer uh, and even the, the technical no. side. She is a brawler. She's yeah. using strength in her size. But I mean, this is a Texan, you know, second generation. Yeah. She has more of that brutality of yes. lucha. Texas lucha is its own thing. Exactly. And, <laughs> and so and I feel like we and, and that's new. That's that's a whole. I mean, we even see that too a bit with Thunder Rosa. I mean, she could be brutal, but she has a, at least a, a mix of MMA and, and some jujitsu, and you know, a, a bit of that background. But when she starts hitting hard, who I do not envy who's on the other side. And I absolutely Me either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, as well. Texas wrestling and lucha libre is its own beast. So I feel like she brings <laughs> a different representation of lucha libre to to NXT and to WWE. Yes. Um, yes. And I feel that. You know, I, everything that, that she's been given, she takes it and runs with it. Mm-hmm. But also those, those stand, uh, those, those stare downs with her and Rhea Ripley. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. those, you don't see those kind of chills. I, I haven't really, especially in the women's division in mm. NXT. I feel like you've seen that too with some of the, the men's storylines, but it's really the first time when you see two women, that war game scenario. Like I just, oh, I just so wish there good. was a crowd there because that yeah. would have just got 
such a huge path, but um, I'm really optimistic about the year to come with Raquel Gonzalez. But I'm too. also very impressed of, of the year of 2020 with Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah. I, she, I mean, I've said so many nice things about her over the year, but that's, that's the, the sky's the limit. She, <laughs> she is that, that, that heavy duty brawling. She is, I mean, and I've seen Avispa work, but I think she's probably the most pure athlete of all of the nominees we've got. She is, uh, she's, mm-hmm. uh, she's done, so athletic. She's done sports her whole life. She, it's, it's, she lives, breathes and eats physical fitness and, and, that is it shows in her work as well as uh as well as the the her presence her size it's not just her size it's the fact she knows what she can what to do with it yeah Uh, i i uh we haven't seen we haven't seen a a female wrestler with this kind of profile before she no we haven't so much like like a really big name wrestlers that you could you could name off but they're all men from the the 70s and 80s right yeah look kind of like bruiser brody or somebody <laughs> right even, for the women yeah. Yeah. yeah i've always felt that way about well, i feel her. i mean we've we've seen also that dakota kai raquel gonzalez analogy with Shawn michaels diesel but i feel yes. like they just do it so much better i i she doesn't have some diesel inspired gear one of these days just to be like <laughs> i'm the be. diesel now then yeah, like I'm, some big daddy gear or something. Yeah, yeah like I dial in on that. I wish yep. she still used La, La Diabla that she used for her uh, <laughs> having havoc, and I thought that was such a cool name. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, sorry, but that, that's a WWE thing, anyway. Yeah. Those are your nominees for Luchadora. Ah, uh, yeah, those were. Our nominees for Luchadora, Luchadora of the Year. I'm just gonna, since it sounds like Miranda's having a little bit of uh, technical difficulty, I'm just gonna jump right into Luchadora of the Year. Uh, so I have, we have, uh, five nominees. Yes, I literally, thank you, camera, for catching that. I just counted <laughs> them. Um, we have five nominees, uh, starting with Laredo Kid, who, uh, is independent despite the fact that we right. see him on MLW and AAA and we've seen him. Um, so, I mean, he's probably going to be in the AAA scene next year, but as of right now, he's an independent star. Absolutely. I think he's going to be an AEW scene too. <laughs> like I think he's going to be one of those guys very soon. MLW has like a working relationship there. They work back and forth. So I think it's inevitable. We can we can talk a little more about where he might wind up, but when we talk yeah, about sorry. that, no worries. I just <laughs> that is you are reading my brain. That is part of the path. But he is a <laughs> uh, so and uh, nominee two is uh, Penta L Zero M, or if he's working in AAA, Pentagon Junior. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so he is technically AEW, but as I just alluded to, he also does work with AAA. Uh, nominee three would be Octagon Jr., who we've also talked about a number of times through the show, AAA. Nominee four is Santos Escobar of, of NXT. And then nominee five would be Hechicero of CMLL. Uh, Very cool. 
Uh, I again, I'm gonna just since you already started on this, Dusty, tell us a little more about Laredo Kid. Oh yeah, this was really like this was his year. I, I'm so excited to talk about Laredo Kid. I mean, like he's the. I mean, I I, I have to give him my vote. I mean, he had an outstanding year. I think this year will elevate him beyond anything that anybody had previously imagined for him or maybe even for somebody in his position before this year. Like his 2018 or 19 year and his 2021 year, I think people are going to be shocked at how fast he rose with so little going on. Due to COVID, he gambled on himself in a way that so few people will or can just to go independent. You know, he left mm-hmm. a lot of security to go independent. But look what he's done. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, like I said, he's he's affiliated with MLW, but so is, you know, like um, Brian Pillman Jr., for instance. And he works with AEW. So mm-hmm. if AEW wants Laredo Kid, I think we're going to see Laredo Kid. He had the best matches at Auto Luchas, all the best matches that people were buzzing about, he was involved in. He had the best match at Triple Mania. Match of the year candidate match. I mean, don't want to jump the gun a little, but that was a huge match. And I think more than anybody this year, he has capitalized on his potential and what has been a very difficult year to do so. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely a difficult year, and maybe that is part of the formula for him. But at the same time, he's the the guy that eyes were on, so it, good on him, and that is more than enough to make him Luchador of the Year, mm-hmm. eventually. Absolutely, yeah. It makes him a candidate. He can't be denied. Miranda, did you have any thoughts on Laredo? No, I mean, just uh, echoing a lot of what you all said uh, with his talent, the crossover potentials with him, and uh, just that this is still still young in his career, and we you know are, are going to see hopefully a lot of him more in the future. That I think it's it's undeniable that he should be uh, a nominee. Absolutely, I feel the same way about Penta. I mean, or Pentagon Junior. If you're in AAA, AAA owns the name Pentagon Junior. That's why he's Pentagon Junior there, and why he's Penta El Zero M, and AEW. He owns that name. It makes him money. So I'm gonna call him Penta. And <laughs> but he was on fire this year. His match. He had two matches against Phoenix that were just mm-hmm. oh so sweet. The Chef's Kiss, so good, especially to the second one. His match with Kenny Omega was fantastic. His match against Il Del Vikingo at Lucha Fighter was just beautiful. Um, I mean, people are still, like, if you look around the community online, people are still posting gifts of that Lucha Fighter match. Like, it's that ubiquitous and popular. And, I mean, he really had a fantastic year. And truly, I think now, thanks to AEW, when you say Luchador, even more than somebody like Rey Mysterio, who has been everywhere and has, you know, come to mind for so many people, when you say Mexican wrestler Luchador, I think people think of Penta now. Yeah, yeah. I I get that when I'm wearing my my masks out in public, Uh I've got this. I've got, I've got, since we've got the camera, I've got my silver one right here. 
Yeah. I, I even get asked. I get asked if that is a, a Pentagon. Nice. Thing. Uh, I, so. I've had the same experience. Yeah, yeah. It's so crazy that people know who Pentagon. I remember the first time somebody ever said, I like that Pentagon shirt. You know, when I yeah. had one on and I was astonished that they knew who <laughs> Pentagon was. And now every time I wear something with Pentagon on it, I expect somebody to mention it. And yeah. I mean, that just shows where his popularity has gone in the last few years. But this year, especially through AEW and the unique placement on television, he has been able to capitalize on his charisma. He's been able to make the most of himself. Anytime he has a chance, he does something cool that you didn't mm-hmm. expect. I think of the cookie sheet that was spray painted at mm-hmm. Lucha Fighter and he checked yeah. his look in it and he thought it looked like him because of the spray paint. Like it was just so cool, you know, and I, I, he, he has to be included for Luchador of the Year because he's kind of the Luchador for so many people yeah. and then the way he does things and the things he does. Yeah. Uh, just quick shout out to luchamask.com, lucha-mask.com, since I put your product on the air. Yes. They, <laughs> and, and by the way, those are the nicest yes. masks. Like I yes. bought my wife one, I bought my grandmother one, I, because they're so nice in the way they stay on and hold up and the thickness. Yes. Like everybody yes. should get one of these masks. They are mm-hmm. super nice. And they're, they're going to be adding more Penta and Phoenix styles very soon. So. No, yeah, the yeah they retired the styles and they actually become collectible. Yes, you know, I see some of them selling on eBay. People, people are wanting premiums for some of the mm-hmm. rare Lucha Bros designs. What? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I've seen them resold lately. It's, it's crazy. But also people that made a big splash in AAA, we had Octagon Jr. who made a huge splash. That's another name AAA owns. Mm-hmm. We've seen a couple of other Octagon Juniors, including Kalisto was an Octagon Jr. at one point. But this is the new Octagon Jr. This guy hasn't been threatened with a hammer or a gun or anything. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he wrestles like it. He is fantastic. Mm-hmm. He is, we've, we've mentioned him and the tag team scenario. <laughs> we've mentioned him in the trio scenario. He had the best match at Lucha Fighter with Laredo Kid. I mean, this is really, really good stuff. And he kind of came out of nowhere to have one of the best years. Like, you don't hear him a lot in the best luchador picture of the discussion, but when you look at the matches he had this year, he absolutely deserves to be included. I mean, real match of the year contenders, real barn burners. And like I say, the best of auto luchas, you know, and he was in two, the best two matches, he was in both of them. And Laredo Kid was in both too, but it takes two to tango. <laughs> and so he deserves some of that yeah. credit. Yeah, absolutely deserves some yes. of that credit. I, I was going into this. I was really curious to hear your argument how he also was worthy of a singles uh, nominee. But uh, I, I follow your logic. I think yeah, because he everything that they gave that AAA handed to him, he shined, yeah. and he did have some great singles matches at Auto Luchas, and you know it goes to that rising star thing again. But he, you know, like I say, if you look at the listing of matches he had this year, he consistently had four and five star matches all year long. So he was secretly one of the best of the year. 
Probably the most overlooked. Best Very secretly. Yeah, if we had an overlooked yeah, category, a, he'd win it. That's a Absolutely. good way of putting it. Absolutely good way of putting it. Very low-key, under the radar. Uh, maybe the under the radar. I wouldn't say low-key yes. because there's nothing yeah. low-key about his style. No, he is but, fantastic. Uh, black. <laughs> but very much under the radar. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and, and you made a good case for it. It really showed showed me that, too. So I <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, well, the next, the next nominee. You I mean, won him over, man. You got a vote out of Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> you might have. You might have. Who knows? Uh, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go right into talking about, uh, Santos Escobar and, and, uh, we've known him by many That's names. Mostly. Uh, during the course of this year, I believe he, the name change happened this year, right? Time yes. Yeah. He, because he was <laughs> Fantasma and then when he first went to NXT, he was Jorge Bali and then yeah. this year he became Santos Escobar. Yeah. So, uh, we, you know, and, and, uh, if we had me from the Mass Mass and Mayhem show on here, he would be, Screaming at us that they have no other <laughs> choice. But, uh, he, he, as much as we talked about them as a pure trio, he is the charisma and the driving force behind this oh trio. Oh so much. And, I mean, he is really a kind of a next level wrestling entertainer. Like he's, mm-hmm. um, he's got so much charisma, so much athletic ability, so much talent. Uh, the, the only thing that even remotely is a knock against him on this one is the same thing we have on so many times. COVID really derailed the, uh, amount of times we got to see him. Yes. And that's not anything that, yeah. uh, I can take yeah. points away for him for. So, <laughs> um, yes, yeah. this was well, really And a- I think out of all the, I was gonna say, uh, based out of all of the luchadors in, WWE, NXT, Raw, SmackDown. I feel like he not only had the clearest kind of luchador now in WWE, um, I think it gets geared more towards Santos Escobar. So I think mm-hmm. out of all the luchadors in WWE, absolutely. he's had the best year. So that yeah, was my logic has. in nominating him out of this WWE group that we've talked about and, and discussed. Um, he's kind of the, I think the WWE representative for this category. Well, um, go ahead. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I, I, and then more to the point, his, his presence and character as Santos about bringing legitimacy to Lucha Libre, that mm-hmm. for, for hanging a lampshade on the fact that the WWE does not treat their luchadors well. Uh, and, and then, uh, the, what, legacy, heritage, and history. That yeah. he loads into his mask when he headbutts people, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just his legitimacy. And like you talked about, his charisma. When he's on camera, you can't take your eyes off of him. When he's got a microphone in his hand, you're just so mm-hmm. excited to hear what he has to say. Like there's something so yeah. unique about his appeal and just the way he draws you in. He draws your interest. He draws your eye. And – it's so unique and special in the way he captivates like that. And that makes him stand out above the pack. And again, best luchador in WWE right now, in my opinion, for 2020, he was the strongest that they had to offer. And he did that by turning WWE Lucha Libre upside down. And that's great. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yep. And uh, the final nominee for luchador of the year, um, 
Hechero. I think I misspelled it. It's, yeah. it's Hechicero, Hechero, uh, Sorcerer or Wizard in Spanish. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I, I did, I attempted to do that from memory and I totally should have used a speller. I, was just, I saw the two C's, so it was just like, I, I had to think about it for a second. I think you got it right. I, I recognized <laughs> yeah. it. Okay. okay. Um, I, I I chose him out of all of the CMLL talent, uh, and actually out of all the luchadors, because that was about this. But uh, I chose him because he's been consistently good. He's he's yes. just always, uh, you know. Again, we're talking about CMLL's booking, which is similar issues to what the WWE does, where they play safe a lot and don't let you do big matches. But I I can still find. I can find him in a match. I can find him in footage. I can look on Cubs fans' uh, gifts, and he's in dozens of them because he's doing new and interesting things all the time. He's uh, absolutely yeah. He's he's a he's a strong guy, but he's a flyer. He's got he's got a character that he's he's a little bit of a wizard, but so he's got this cool entrance. But he's also a wizard in that he does so, he transitions to submissions and everything else. So I mean, like, he's just this multi-layered character in kind of, uh, a, a very two-dimensional CMLL world. So I just thought that his ability to stand out despite all of that really put him in the uh, conversation. Absolutely. And his work in two out of three falls matches is yeah. incredible. Like, that's oh, where he excels is in the two out of three falls match, in my opinion. And, I mean, we see him there. I mean, he's teamed up with Mephisto and El Terrible a lot. You know, like, we see him. but Or with Shocker sometimes. Like, whoever he's with, it's exciting. And he elevates them with his presence. And, I mean, like, I don't want to disparage Shocker in any way. But he's not the Shocker that he was 20 years ago. But you wouldn't know it when you see him in the match with somebody like Echicero. Because he helps cover all that up somehow, even for his own partner. Like, you can do it with your opponent, but he somehow even helps elevate his partners and what he can cover up. And his work is just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's always solid. Uh, I I will once again point to, we've got matches on Lucha Central, and there are, he's on YouTube. I know that a lot of listeners, this will may be the first time we've talked about him, highly recommend it. Uh, I feel like we mentioned him on a DTU show before, though. <laughs> we might have. <laughs> uh, you know, it's been, I, been a long year. Yes, it has. Year. And I can't promise that everybody's listened to every one of our shows, but uh, that's absolutely it's, true too. It's uh, he doesn't get talked about enough. Is kind of the point I was going for. Yeah, he deserves to be part of the larger picture. CMLL is kind of in its own little spot. Like it's kind of hard to access and kind of. I mean, you really have to be a Lucha fan to get CMLL this year. And so I feel like that kind of, you know, like the reach that you have to do and the research that you have to do to find CMLL has left him out of the larger picture when it shouldn't have because his work definitely necessitates his inclusion here. Yeah. Very fair. Well, our final category of the 2020 end of year awards. Well, Desi, go ahead and take it away. Let our audience know what is our final category. 
we have the match of the year. You hear me mention match of the year candidates all the time, so this is a natural fit for me. I, I I love the match of the year category. Our first nominee was also our most recent match, Kenny Omega versus Laredo Kid at Triple Mania 28 for Triple A. Our second nominee is Penta versus Phoenix 2, part dose, on AEW Dynamite. Our nominee for the third position is Pentagon versus EO Del Vikingo from AAA Lucha Fighter. Our nominee number four is Santos Escobar versus Drake Maverick from NXT. And nominee number five is Titan versus Sobinario Jr. And that was in CMLL. And just so many good matches this year. I nominated the I'll go with my first one, even though it's kind of out of order. I I chose the Pentagon versus Io Del Vikingo match. I it was almost impossible. I also nom- um, nominated Penta versus Phoenix too, but this one had the edge for me because it happened in Mexico and it did a lot to vault a talent into the larger wrestling consciousness with Io Del Vikingo. This was an amazing match, and as soon as it happened, we had instant memes, gifts, cutaways of Io Del Vikingo. People loved it at the time, mm-hmm. and that brought him into the larger international wrestling consciousness. They came together, Pentagon and Vikingo, during such a turbulent time, early COVID. It's hard to remember now, but, you know, eight, nine months ago, we didn't know a lot of what was going on. It was much scarier, much less informed. They came together in that turbulent time to not only wrestle matches, but they wrestled matches and brought their very best stuff. With hindsight, we can easily say that this was the greatest empty arena match of the year. Like, the spots Uh, are memorable. Vikingo dived like a madman the entire match. Pentagon did some devastating work. There was a gorilla press drop through Vikingo onto the apron. Um, Vikingo hit a springboard 450 off the second rope. Uh, The second rope. Uh, They were just wrestling like they were determined to be the best match of the tournament, and it ended up being the best match of the year. Mm-hmm. Pentagon was at his most motivated. We haven't seen him this vicious and motivated since early Lucha Underground. This was the Pentagon Jr. we remember. This is the one we all fell in love with. He even had an older style mask. He was under the name Pentagon Jr. for the first time in a long time. It just all felt so special. And everything in the match had like an oh my god feel. And you never knew when it was going to end because everything had that <gasps> feel, you know, where you just didn't know when it was going to end. And, like, for me, that that was my choice for match of the year. But Penta versus Phoenix, too, was really difficult. You know, I mean, like, oh, what a fantastic match that was. It was on TV, so it was the wider wrestling audience, more casual fans saw it. It was one of the highest-rated weeks for AEW Dynamite at that point. And, I mean, these guys have wrestled each other, I believe, nine times now, but they really showed us what they could do that night. I mean, we saw the mask tearing. We saw brother versus brother. There were so many dynamics that played into it that just cannot be understated. I couldn't have even imagined that it would turn out like it was. It was such a brutal affair. The longer it went, it got more brutal. There was a developing story, Kingston dividing the Lucha Brothers and, you know, the animosity between them growing more and more intense and they became more underhanded and brutal towards each other. 
And then Penta finally got the main event heel vibes that we wanted mm-hmm. in AEW. Phoenix was a face in the whole thing. Like, oh, yeah. it was incredible. This was really a beautiful match for so many reasons and so good. And easily the best Lucha match on television for me, like on a television show. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, well, I, 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 I agree. That's in direct conflict with one of my mo- nominations. I nominated uh, the Escobar Drake Maverick match. Yeah, that's a mm. second choice. You know, I, it's, like that's yeah. so good. It's hard. It's Sophie's choice. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> a, how can you pick? It was, it, and the reason I nominated it was exactly that. I thought it was the perfect television match. Like you had Ooh, good wrestling. Good you good you had good wrestling. Great storytelling. You had uh, a a ending that made you more interested in seeing what yes. the heck was going to happen next was, yeah yeah i i just thought that it had a little bit of everything it you really got to showcase escobar's talent mm-hmm. uh and then drake maverick made him look like a star so mm-hmm. yeah and it was the most interested i had ever been in drake maverick and WWE. Yeah. like i don't yeah. mean yeah. that disparagingly no no i mean no, like no, i liked no. him before that but when yeah. they when they had that feud i was like oh and it was so good yeah. and the storyline with the trying to get his yeah. contract back and oh my gosh, that was so good. People like again, it seems like a long time ago because it was 2020, but <laughs> that was, oh, the work was exquisite. And so yeah. the finesse of it all was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, Miranda, I know you like Santos Escobar and, uh, I, thought yeah, you might want to say you, something. You know, I was a little surprised that you nominated this, but as you explain it, it makes perfect sense as far as the great team and the great storyline and also the beginning of this change of Hijo de Fantasma to Escobar. And so this was the catalyst for it. So, um, and, and again, you think of matches in WWE, we don't see very many of them. So this was one Correct. of the best Lucha Libre matches, if not the best one that WWE had all year. So when you think about that WWE representation, I feel like this is the one that, that carries that through. And I, I just to echo, I mean, I, I echo a lot of what Dusty said too in some of his other matches. It is, I think all, both of you have made such good points about the nominees, uh, thus far. Yeah, I mean, it's just been, we've had a lot of good matches this year, but that was, you know, one of the special ones. And again, like, it's, it's so hard to pick. And truly the finest, maybe the finest lucha match WWE has ever had on TV, but it was That's definitely good. the mm-hmm. finest there this year. And then, Again, you know, like we got AEW, the finest lucha match they've aired this year. Okay. It's so hard to compare the two, uh, the lucha fighter match. But then we also have Kenny Omega versus Laredo Kid at Triple Mania, and that was just amazing. Like it's so recent in everybody's mind, but what a fantastic match! Yeah, and yeah. I mean, like so special. Um, Kenny Omega handpicked Laredo Kid for that yes. match. You know, and so that ought to tell you a lot about mm-hmm. it, you know, an exceeding amount about it. But and he's not going to work with anything except the very best. Mm-hmm. But they were so much more than the sum of their parts. I 
could not believe how good it was. Kids, kids loved it even. A lot of my son's friends, he's 15, they were texting back and forth about it, you know, because they had heard about it on Dynamite. So they all wanted to watch it and they were all texting back and forth. The interest in the eyes cool. that this brought to AAA cannot be understated. The Kenny wanting to continue against Vikingo, like the things, the ripples from it, it just absolutely deserves a mention mm-hmm. as match of the year. Yeah, absolutely. That second mm-hmm. rope, uh, one winged angel was fantastic. It was, yeah, there was just so much going on to really make it the match of the year or a match of the year candidate, at least mm-hmm. match of the triple mania card for sure. Yeah, it definitely yeah. was match of the night. Okay. Um, so going viral is why I nominated the T10 versus Sobranario Jr. That yes. was, uh, one of the first matches that, uh, that went, it went absolutely viral early in the year. Like there was, everybody was talking about it and they did so much. So they did two or three matches of these two together. Um, absolutely fantastic match. It's a CMLL. Uh, so it was two out of three falls, which Mm-hmm. Gives you a very different storytelling that you, than you're gonna get out of other matches. Like, you, you know, uh, your Kenny Omega Laredo kid didn't have the yeah. same drama of, of Kenny, uh, of, uh, Laredo going, getting a fall on it, mm-hmm. on him would have, would have done. Right. Uh, you know, and, uh, like I said, it, like we were alluding to earlier and, and say, outright saying, we weren't just alluding to it, being able to have a match that is so good in the CMLL format that the the wrestling world is electrified by it, just based on how hard it is to get eyes on the CMLL product, means that it was something truly special and extraordinary, and I I felt that alone made it uh, worthy of being in the conversation. But to me, it was a nearly perfect match. There was so much that I, I loved about this match. It, it really was, and it was the they stole the show at CMLL's 87th anniversary. Yeah, you know, I mean, they truly did. Uh, I think we could easily see somebody like, or both of them, you know, I mean, Teton and um, Silverano Jr. and something like the G1 or the Super Junior, or even the Junior oh. Tag League. We've seen them tag together. Yeah, and so these are guys that have a lot of charisma and talent and knowledge of each other, and they used it to vault themselves into the larger consciousness with this in a way that so few can. And it was a fantastic match. People on Twitter were posting about it. You know, that Friday night, the world was on fire. We're talking about Teton and Silverano Jr. So, yes. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, our six categories and our nominations for the 2020 end of year awards by the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast team. Stay tuned because next week is when we will reveal our winners of each of the categories. And if you need a reminder, we'll run through them again. We have Rising Star of the Year, Trio of the Year, Tag Team of the Year, Luchadora of the Year, Luchador of the Year, and Match of the Year. So make sure you come back next week and join us as we reveal our picks uh, for the winners of each of these categories, we'll let you know how we came to the determination of these winners. You may be, by, be surprised by some of our picks. Maybe you're not. Who knows? You'll have yeah. to 
just find out by listening and watching to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast English Edition. A big thank you, as always, for listening, and in this case, watching the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Uh, again, don't forget to follow uh, luchacentral.com. Their social media is at luchacentral.com on a Facebook and Instagram, and at luchacentral.com on Twitter. Of course, the page has, has a lot of great matches and interviews. And while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Uh, Brendan, can you let our listeners know where they can find you on social media? I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. Uh, that's the number, 321, and then T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And I'm, most importantly, I'm on Twitch or Twitch or Twitch. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter all the time. Yeah. All the freaking time. And Dusty, can you let our listeners know where they can find you on social media? Yeah, I am on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. But more likely, you will catch me on Instagram at Dusty Murphy, all one word. And, yeah, I'm on Instagram pretty much all the time, like Brandon on Twitter. So send me your pictures, your video clips, your Lucha, anything. And I, your masks. I want to see your masks. Send it all to me on Instagram at Dusty Murphy. And how about you, Miranda? Where can our friends find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out. And I am also, well, those are my only two forms of social media. Uh, I am not on Twitter, so that's why you can go at the <laughs> guy, uh, for any of your Twitter inquiries or questions. Absolutely. Yes, that's how we do it. We are true trios. We take each other's messages on social media. So <laughs> that, that's a, that's a true trio. Uh, but again, thank you all for listening, for watching. Come back next week as we, as we reveal the winners of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast English Edition 2020 End of Year Awards. For Brendan Barr and for Dusty Murphy, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you, and we'll be back next week. <laughs> Respetable público, luchará a dos de tres.